you are listening to No Bullshit, written by Rebecca Palmer, performed by Ed Keats. A stranger saved my life. She was going home from a funeral, spotted me, and just walked straight over. It wasn't funny at the time, her coming from a funeral, but afterwards sort of made us laugh. In a strange, dark, awkward way. The way that you know you've made a friend, because both of you are laughing at something other people might feel embarrassed about, or be uncomfortable with, or feel it's inappropriate, but you're laughing. She laughed. She was in her 80s. Really funny. (laughs) She was eating a homemade sandwich. She got up that morning for a funeral and made herself a packed lunch. Just in case. (laughs) How funny is that? She smelled like a proper nana. You know what I mean? That perfume and... That perfume that smells posh and warm, but also like it's from the catalogue. The Nana smell. And this random, funny, direct, warm little old lady saved my life. She asked if I was okay. And to be completely honest with her. She actually said, no bullshit. Can you believe it? Makes me happy to think of her. You can hear her voice. No bullshit. While she takes a bite out of her ham and cheese sandwich, sitting down on the bench behind us. Sandwich in her lap, waiting patiently for me to answer. No bullshit. I wasn't okay. She asked me the toughest question we can be asked because it demands the truth. And so many of us lie when faced with it. Why is it so hard to be honest? Why do we always cover it up? I'm fine. I'm good. I'm okay, thanks. She wasn't going to let me get away with a thing. It was written all over me. I just needed to hear myself say it. I'm not okay. And I really wasn't. Those three words changed my life. I was worried about upsetting the person who found me. Even if it was a stranger, I didn't want to ruin someone's day. But I also wanted to die. I felt like... I felt like there was no point in my being here. Everything hurt. I felt worthless. Like... I didn't deserve life. What was the point of me? That was the question constantly banging at my door. What was the point of me? And she caught me mid-conversation with the tracks. That question circling my mind. What's the point of me? I don't know if I would have actually gone through with it, but that it felt like a choice was enough. 
sadness, stress, loneliness, worthlessness, feeling pressure. I felt pressure all over my body, like there was a foot constantly pushing down on my chest. I still find it difficult to say, to be honest, about how I was feeling at the time, but how I sometimes still feel. I, I felt so tired. There were days I couldn't leave my bed. I cried most mornings. I'd fall asleep, hoping to have a heart attack in the night so I wouldn't have to wake up again. I didn't talk about it at the time because I didn't know how to. I didn't have the words. I didn't really know what was happening to me. And I got really good at hiding it, which is exhausting in itself. The pretense was a big part of the problem. Be a man, one of the gang, sex, marriage, kids, success, confident, smart, well-dressed, work, home, comparing everything to everything, mistakes, bills, travel, wanting everything and nothing at the same time, health, happiness, perfection, fitness, food and drink, the news and social media, scrolling, friends and family, stuff, just so much stuff. I've been carrying around a note, trying my best to explain, I think more to myself than anyone, why. I didn't want there to be blame. For there to be guilt, I wanted to be let go. I felt like a burden, a failure, a terrible friend, an unworthy son, a disappointing husband, a bad father, really thought that they'd be okay without me. I needed help. I needed to be asked, and she asked. She asked. No bullshit. We talked and then sat quiet for a long time, and then we talked some more. She stayed for as long as I needed. She never seemed bored or annoyed in a rush. She just sat there with me. Yeah, there were long periods of silence. But it felt like she knew exactly what it was I needed to say. And wasn't going to leave until I'd said it. She talked about herself a little. When I said I was worried about the planet and my kids, she was like... Don't worry, sexy David Attenborough's on it. She thinks David Attenborough is sexy. <laughs> she called it old lady porn. His shows, wildlife programmes, old lady porn. I wonder what he'd think of that. She talked about not having kids. It wasn't something that they wanted. She talked about her husband's death. It was a heart attack. She said he was just three stops from home. A £2.50 round trip that ended with him resting on the feet of strangers. Those were her words. I think I can remember everything she said to me that day. Her voice was like rope, pulling me back from the edge.
we talked about friendships. She didn't go into a lot of detail, but she mentioned feeling something similar to me in her younger years. She escaped a place. She didn't say much, but I knew it was really bad. And she'd survived because of her friend. They'd fled together. I mean, it sounds like a movie, but this is someone's life, someone's story. They saved each other. Those were her words. After their escape, she stopped talking for a couple of months. She was like, you wouldn't think it possible having met me today. So chatty, but it's the truth. I lost my voice for a while, but it came back eventually. And with it, the skill of seeing when someone's in pain, it became my superpower. She said that. She says she's got a superpower. She jokes about being like Batman, but I think she just said that because it's the only superhero she knows. But she means more of an Alfred than a Batman. But Alfred's pretty cool, though. I had this really embarrassing moment in Tesco's just a few days before. Well, before that day. The day by the tracks. I was nearing the till and I was looking into my basket and I realised I'd forgotten something silly, you know, like cream cheese or orange juice. I just felt this overwhelming feeling of stupidity, like I couldn't do anything right. There was a fairly big queue behind me and the thought of going back for it and waiting in line again and not doing it properly the first time, I just crumbled. I started crying right there in Tesco's. And then I wasn't breathing right. And, and before I knew it, I was crouched on the floor, sobbing. Mate, it felt like rock bottom. I mean, the security guard was amazing, like really nice. Someone tried to take a picture and he shut that down straight away. I'm glad he was there, that security guard. He was a good guy. I told Alfred the Tesco story and she was like, so? She was like, you think I haven't seen worse? People wetting themselves or even soiling themselves? People fainting or fighting or dying? You think they haven't seen people fall over, drop stuff? Seen the elastic go on their knickers? It's life. All of it. All of the beautiful, crazy, messy, strange, difficult. It's life. Human. You were just being human. We didn't keep in touch after that day. Become lifelong friends, swap numbers, do catch-ups. I actually stopped using that station. I went and got help. I think she went and got some chips. I remember her final words, her voice. She said, stay. Stay for all the stories you have to tell, to live, to experience from afar. Stay. She saved my life. I'm still here and I'll be here again tomorrow. Thanks to Alfred.